surprised you probably already guessed what our big announcement is. Some of you guys are good because I heard a lot of like rumors going around like, is Pastor Carl dying? Like, is he leaving the church? Are we like moving? Like what, like what really is going on? Well, you guys probably guessed it, but I'd like you to take a look at the screens. There's a little video that I recorded in my house this past week, letting you guys know what's going on. Check out the screens. Guess what, guys? Name change. Huge deal. I know it's big. I know we've had the same name for years, but man, God's doing something new, and we're super excited about it. And it's from God. It's not some whim. It's not some crazy idea. We're not just trying to change for the sake of change. Man, God spoke this into my life personally, and I believe into the life of this church. So the reason we got the name Anchor is from Hebrews 6.19. It was actually the verse that this church was started on over 40 years ago. It's always been a really meaningful verse to me. But God kind of was speaking in a new direction to us recently. And I can think of all the, the struggles and the storms in my life throughout the years and how Jesus has always been that anchor. Sometimes when I didn't even have hope, it felt like I was hopeless and I didn't have hope that Jesus was that anchor. So there was a season of about three years where God just kept speaking to me and telling me this is going to be your new identity, this is going to be your new name, and I just kept it under wraps. In fact, I did a whole sermon series on the book of Hebrews just talking about Jesus Christ is our anchor. And it was so real to me that I actually got this sign and I painted it and I hung it in my office about a year and a half ago just to remind me of what God was trying to speak to me in my life about Him being the anchor, the anchor for my soul. So in this time of really seeking God, you know, one of the words that came to me through people that I love and respect, but through God Himself to my heart, was actually that Hope Chapel was actually a church and a movement and a name started by my father all those years ago. And he did great things, and God did incredible things through that movement. But one of the things God specifically spoke to me is, I'm not my father. I'm Carl Moore, and I have my own identity and calling that God is still revealing to me and that I'm supposed to discover that for myself, and I'm supposed to live in that calling. And so one of the things that God spoke to me was, I can't live in the shadow of someone else's anointing. And I think that's a word for all of us. But this is a new season, a new generation, and we're gonna go and see what God has in store for us. Honestly, guys, we're still the same church. It's not so much a brand new inventing of the wheel, it's just redefining and re-identifying who we really are. And I want you guys to know that we as a church, Anchor Church, are moving forward, not because we think this is a fun new name, but because this is something that God has led us to and that we're not gonna go anywhere that God doesn't wanna take us to. And what sets us apart as a church, as a people, as Christians, is that we only go where God goes. And we're moving forward, and we're taking this name, and we're gonna to represent to our community, to this world, that Jesus is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. That people can find hope when they're feeling hopeless, only because they can find Jesus Christ in their lives. So come with us, it's gonna be an incredible ride. And there it is. What do you guys think? 
Oh my goodness, this is a big Sunday for us. If you just came, you're like, big deal, I don't care what the church is called, you know? And to be honest, there's, there's some truth to that. And that's what I want to talk about this morning is really the name is important, it's symbolic, but really it's not because it's what the name represents. It's what's behind us that is important. It's not how cool it looks on a t-shirt or how sexy it looks on a sticker. It is about Jesus. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about this morning. It's not just a name. This has been something brewing in my life for a long time. And, and the reason for the anchor is that, man, there are some storms that hit us in life. And all of us need an anchor. All of us need stability, security, and safety. And so I want to talk about that this morning. God gave me this verse. Now, this is weird. About three or four years ago, as, as new things were coming on, I was becoming the, the, the new lead pastor. We were transitioning. God was giving new vision. I was seeking him all the time. God, I want new ideas, new, new, new vision. Where are, we, where are you leading us? And in my prayer closet where I go to every day, to pray, my shower, right? When I'm in the shower, that's my time with the Lord, and I'm just praying. He's speaking to me in there, and he's giving me this new vision, this new heart, and he's telling me, I want you to change the name. And I was like, no, I can't change the name. God, that's just me thinking that. I'm a little too excited becoming the lead pastor. No, no, that's just probably a thought. That's, that's too big. We've had this name for 32 years now as this church on island, Hope Chapel, Kaneohe Bay. I'm not, not going to do anything with that. And God just kept on saying, no, no, I'm speaking something to you. And I'm like, well, if we got a new name, what would I even call it? Where would I begin? And God just kept bringing this verse, Hebrews 6, 19. This, we, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And I'm like, but that's the same verse we've always had, God. That's the one that, that my dad, all those years ago, started the church with. You gave him that, and you gave him the word hope in there. And God was saying, but I'm giving you the word anchor. I'm like, yeah, but it's the same thing. And I actually questioned God. I said, God, why the same verse if you want me to do something new and have a new identity? And, and I literally said this. That's my dad's verse. Why would you give me the same exact one if you're trying to do something different? And God literally said, that I just felt so strong. And he goes, that's not your dad's verse. That's my verse. That's my book. Those are my words. And if I'm calling you to take on that verse and pick a new name, it's me saying that. So what are you going to do? I'm like, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it. And I really felt so strongly that I, I felt like, well, why the word anchor? Couldn't get rid of the word anchor. It was in my head. It was just like, oh, I shared it with a few people. And they're like, oh, that sounds super good. But let's just hold off. Let's wait for God's timing. I thought, maybe this is just a concept God's speaking to me personally. You know what I'm going to do? Um, other than putting that sign in my office to remind me, I'm like, I'm going to teach a whole series on the book of Hebrews about how Jesus is the anchor for our souls. That'll get it out of my system. That'll be good. And you know what happened? It just got stronger. God just kept speaking it stronger, stronger. And so when I asked why anchor, this is what happened. God didn't directly speak back and say, because da 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 You know what he did? He goes, let me show you why the anchor is so important. And he took me into a season of my life where the storm started to hit me. And they hit me really, really hard. And for a couple years, there was some major hardship in my life. And what God was trying to show me was, you see your need for an anchor? You see, hope is a great word. And it's an amazing word. It represents Jesus. But here's what I think. I think you have to get the anchor before you can get to the hope. I think that sometimes when you're in your worst spot in life, because we've all been there, We've been talking about relationship series, finances. Some of us have gone through some stuff. You're going through it right now. And you're not really at a point where you even see hope yet. You're in the tunnel. The tunnel is dark. You don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But what you have is an anchor in Jesus Christ. And that you can hold on to him when hope is no more than hype. You have the anchor of Jesus Christ. Remember when you're a little kid and you get into trouble or you get hurt or anything goes wrong in your life. 
for the world to be made right, all you need to do is grow and, go and crawl up in your dad or your mom's lap and just hold on to someone that hopefully you can start to find hope after that. But I just felt like God going, you want to know why it's so important to be anchor church? I'm going to show you why it's so important that you need to have an anchor in your lives. And God took me through that season. And all I had was him. And I held on. And you know what? My anchor held it was strong enough to get me through that season. And it reminded me of all the storms in my life previous. I lost a couple friends of mine back in 2006. Uh, they died early, two days apart from each other. I was without hope, but I had an anchor. And there was a time in the hospital, I almost lost my little girl. She was sick. She went through this whole thing, and I was without hope, but I had an anchor. And there's times in our lives when God is just saying, I need you to be a church that is an anchor to other people, but really introduces them to the anchor for our souls, which is Jesus Christ. And so along the way, for these past three years, I've been sitting on this, and this has been brewing in my life. I've been going, God, you got to confirm it, because I want to move in wisdom. I don't want to move in emotion. And so God began to confirm it. I ran it by our executive staff, our church council, a few trusted pastors that I have in my life, and they're all like, man, this is a thing from God. This is inevitable. You need to do this. However, just wait for God's timing on it. I said, that's a good word of wisdom. We're, gonna, we're just going to wait for a while. So as we did, God began to send, send confirmation. Different pastors that would come in and speak to our church and give prophetic words over our church and over myself you guys remember that guy, David McCracken from Australia, the older guy? Remember that guy, David McCracken? Uh, awesome guy. He came in, he gave a word, if you remember. Talked about transformation. He talked about there's a time of, of transformation and that the, the beautiful caterpillar that once was has to go through this hard time, this chrysalis season where he's in that cocoon, but out comes the other side, a beautiful butterfly, but it looks nothing like that caterpillar anymore. And I'm just going, oh, this is a word. God's saying we're in a new, he kept saying you're in a new era. You're going to be built on the same foundation, but there's going to be renovation, and it's going to look different. And then Pastor Tammy Dunahue came from uh, Foursquare, from the mainland. And she, she told me, she looked at our church, she preached in our church, she saw all of you, and she goes, all is good in the world. This is a healthy church that Jesus loves. But she said this, it's time for you to turn the page on your past and don't look back and it's time for you to start a whole new chapter. And I'm like, well, how do these people know this stuff? I didn't tell anybody. But it was God confirming a whole bunch of things. And then we just kind of were, we're at a season where we're going, God, we just wait on your timing. And we prayed. The, the executive staff and I, the council, we all prayed, God, would you confirm it? And God did so in amazing ways through some people, through a dream he gave me that was a personal dream to me that basically the words were, the time has come. It's time to make the change. And then it was up to us. Are we going to step out in faith? And are we going to actually do this thing? Because we didn't have this in the budget. We didn't have this in the plans. This is crazy. But when God says no, how many go? How many of you guys know you got to go? Or you're going to miss out on something? And he said go. And so I told the rest of our staff. They loved it. I told our denomination. I told my dad. I told the, the people I trust in my life. And we're, we told all the leaders on Thursday night in this church, they were all excited and fired up. And here we are today, and I'm telling you guys, I'm letting you guys know, we have just turned a corner. We're starting the birth of something brand new, and we have a new name, and it's Anchor Church. You guys like that? That's good. So I want to talk a little bit, bit about the anchor today, why it's so symbolic and why that's kind of the identity. Now, God hasn't given me the full identity of who we are, but it's more about what I read in scripture is when God changes names, it's about who you will become, and you don't always know what you're going to be, but you walk in faith into that new name and that new calling. And so God's revealing some stuff. Here's the first thing that you guys need to know. This is really cool is, you know, we're, we're all about the cross. 
we're all about cross necklaces. We got a cross in the back of our room and all of this cool stuff. But did you know that before the cross, the earliest symbol for Christianity was the anchor? You guys know that? From the end of the first century after Jesus died, all the way up to about the third century, what they found in, in different places, and especially on a whole bunch of tombstones, the epitaph, and in the Roman catacombs of all the Christians who had died, there was this anchor symbol on all of this to signify this was a follower of Christ. Now, before the cross was ever the cool thing, so we're thinking around here, man, anchor church are going new school with a, it's actually way old school. It's back to the beginning. The roots of Christianity was the people in the early days when they were under Roman persecution, the Christians, they believed in that verse in Hebrews. And in their minds, Jesus was an anchor. And so they put that symbol everywhere. Now, here's the two reasons that were really super interesting as to why it was an anchor and not a cross. Number one is they were living under persecution. If you're a Christian in the Roman Empire, you could be killed for your faith. So you didn't want to let everybody know that you're a Christian. So you did it in secret. And if you drew a cross, oftentimes people would go, they're the followers of that guy that died on the cross. Jesus, let's go get him. So they had to pick a symbol that was more kind of secretive. And so they'd use the symbol of the anchor, which they all knew was Hebrews 619, Jesus Christ. The other reason, check this out, why they used the anchor and not the cross was in those first few centuries, the cross signified crucifixion and the punishment of a criminal activity. So Christians weren't too excited and hyped about being known as criminals and about something that's a Roman form of, of execution. So it was a negative thing to that. We don't want to be reminded of that. That's their thing. And that's, that's how our, our Lord and Savior died. We don't want to know about that stuff. This was a negative thing. And so what do they use? They use that anchor because Jesus was the anchor for our souls. When I read this stuff, man, I got chicken skin. I was like, oh, yeah, we're anchor. We're going deep. We're going back to the roots. So it's just, it's always been this symbol of even for folks that don't know Jesus, what is an anchor? An anchor is an object that brings about safety, stability, trust, security, If you're in a boat that's being tossed at sea, that anchor is something that holds. And for us, it's Jesus. Now, in the midst of God giving me this word, he says there's two words to describe the anchor, Jesus. But here's two words I want you to describe your new identity in Jesus Christ as Anchor Church. The first word is simple, and the second word is strong. These are two powerful words, that our church will be simple and strong. Why? Because Jesus was simple. Think about this. You're like, oh, no, he's the son of God. He's holy. He's reverent. Yes, he is. But think of this. Father God could have picked any profession for his son to be sent to earth to become. You could become a priest. You could become a king. You could become a lawyer. You could become a doctor. You could become a politician. Here's what he says. I like carpenter. Let's make him a carpenter. Let's make him a tradesman. Let's make him a simple guy that builds chairs and tables and whatever. I like the fact that he's simple. It relates to us a lot. We can, we can understand that. Now, here comes Jesus, born in a manger, in a feeding trough of animals. Simple. There's no royalty. There's no pomp and circumstance. He was born secret in a manger. He, in his life, if you think about this, the, the majority of the time he spent teaching and doing miracles and ministering to people was outside of the walls of the church. He didn't minister mostly in the temple. He ministered to the super simple, non-religious, real salt-of-the-earth people outside, on the streets, in their houses, in homes. He was a simple guy. And I think all about this stuff, and I go, man, how, how good is Jesus? He spreads a message 
that lasts for thousands of years that you and I are a part of, this movement of people called Christians. And you know who his first guys were that he trusted to spread it with? Fishermen. His first disciples, he goes, I like these fishermen guys over here. You know what that tells me? He's simple. He's down for the the normal, common people. And that we're going to be a church that's built on the simple message of Jesus Christ. We believe in life transformation. It doesn't happen through intellectual teaching and theology and all of that. We need that, yes. But that's not how people's lives are going to be changed. It's going to be changed through people having a simple relationship and really getting to know Jesus Christ. See, I've been talking with a friend of mine. He's a pastor. He's our neighbor in Kaneohe. His name is Dan Chun. You guys know Pastor Dan Chun, First Presbyterian Church? He, he organizes the hymn conference every year downtown. Anyway, for years and years, I've learned about Dan. Hey, he's our neighbor. I want to know about him, his style, his church. And I've heard a bunch of all kinds of stuff. I met him a few times, and I'm, I'm just like, oh, okay, I know a lot about Dan. And I, and I hear from other people, and I watch a couple of his sermons. and Oh, that's really good. I know a lot about Dan. But as of recently, I got into this accountability group with a bunch of other pastors. And this is a good lesson for all of us. We all need accountability. None of us, at whatever level you think you rise to, I'm a pastor. I don't need anyone. I probably need it more than all of you. And I got a pastor's accountability group that keeps me in check, and we bounce ideas off each other. We pray for each other. But it's in this group that Pastor Dan is in that group. And in this group, what I'm finding is when he really starts to share his heart, the the trials that are going on in his life, the victories that are going on, what he's learning about the Lord, I get to share that with him. I start realizing that there's a whole nother level to knowing Dan and having a relationship with Dan when I actually hang out with him and get to know him on the real rather than just what I hear and I see and I study and I learn from outside. Now, here's the point that I'm getting at. Jesus works best when you live in a simple relationship with him. In my life, and a lot of you guys as Christians, you do the Christian stuff, but you know what happens is we overanalyze, we overcomplicate, we make it down to I must have my devotions for 7.8 minutes every single morning before I brush my teeth, and I have to go to 12 Bible studies every week, and I have to do this. And you know, all that stuff's good, but sometimes we overthink it, overcomplicate it, and we learn and we study and we do all this stuff about God, but we're not right up in there in the heart of God because we're not just getting to know him. I believe Jesus was a simple savior. It says in Mark 11, this is cool, the common people heard him gladly. You know why they heard him gladly? It's because he cared, he was real, he loved them, and he got into their lives. He didn't judge them. Remember, it says way back, even before he was born, the prophecy, his name will be Emmanuel, meaning God with us. That Jesus is with us. He's simple. And so our church and everything that we do, we want to deliver a simple gospel message. I want you to know that you don't have to get overcomplicated and make your life so religious and ritualistic and legalistic. But you need to know life works best when you're just talking to Jesus all day long, when you're inviting him into the car with you as you're driving to work, when you're hanging out. When I'm preaching on stage right now, I can be praying and talking to Jesus right now at the same time as I'm speaking to you guys, that it just becomes organic and it's a simple relationship. Don't overthink it. Here's here's a good picture that that God kind of gave me in regards to my faith about keeping it simple is... uh, a few years back when I was uh, the college pastor around here, I'd invite some of the college kids over. And this is when um, the Wii first came out. The Wii gaming system. You guys familiar with the Wii video game system? Anybody in here, your video game challenge, you're like, what's a Wii? I don't understand. Is it a you? Is it a me? Is it a Wii? The Wii 
is a game system where you take the controller, and instead of like old school days, like Super Mario, you just sit there and control it. You guys know it's wireless, and it goes off your body movements, right? So you can play tennis, and you just act naturally, and you're jumping around in your living room, and you're bowling, and you're doing all of this stuff. And it's a pretty incredible game. It senses your movements. How many of you guys, you enjoy the Wii? Come on. Got to have some Wii fans in the house. Okay, good. You guys know where I'm coming from. So here's the deal. A few years back, I'm hanging out with the college kids, and I'm trying to figure out the Wii, and we're all competitive with one another. You get guys together over a game, they're going to get competitive. And so we're trying to figure out the best techniques, how to hold the thing, the body English, and we're doing bowling, right? So bowling is like you got you to get the spin on it. You got to get the right strength. You got to get the whole arm movements and the deal, right? The, right? You guys know that? The, the, that's, you got to do that if you're going to be a good bowler. So we're like, we got to do this. We got to do it. Here's how to do it. Here's the proper technique. Here's all this stuff. Now here's the deal. In comes my son at the time. He's like five, seven years old. He picks up the deal. He just comes rolling and he just goes, woo. He gets a strike every single time. We're over here dying because we're like, no, you have to hold it at this angle and you do this and you put the spin and get the toe and do all this stuff. Every single time, my son runs up like, and then he's like mocking us, closed eyes. He bowls and we're just like, ah, every single time he gets a strike. Here's the lesson about Jesus Christ in there. Don't overthink your faith and your relationship with him. Don't overanalyze. Don't make it so complex. Have the faith of a little kid that just comes up and goes, this is easy. This is natural. Strikes every time. You guys get what I'm saying? That's my anchor, Jesus Christ. He's simple. Let's keep it simple. That's our church. I heard a guy, Bob Goff, who's an, who's an author, he, he wrote this. My job as a Christian is to love people the best I can as much as the Bible allows. That means you lead with love. It's a simple thing, this Christianity. Now, you balance it with truth because you're not going to compromise your faith, and that's not what the kind of church we're going to stand. We're going to stand on the truth. I'm not compromising, but I'm going to lead with love because that's what Jesus did. And I'm going to read the word, and I'm going to stand on that as much as the Bible allows me to. I'm going to love people the very best that I can. Simple. That's what our church is to be built on. Here's the second word, strong. Jesus is strong. When you don't have hope, because sometimes you don't, you can hold on to him and you can trust in him that he's going to see you through. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. Sometimes we just miss him, but he's strong. He's so strong. He's, I wrote down all the things, and I was just thinking in my life, man, you know what? Jesus, is, he's stronger than my guilt, stronger than my mistakes. He's stronger than my addictions, my attacks, my confusion, my fear, my anxiety, my insecurity, and the strongholds. And you know what? His strength is always right on time. His timing is better than mine. And so here's what God said with that picture of a simple and strong anchor, and this is what your church is going to be about, that our job is to always point people to Jesus. I love that it's been months, I don't know how long, every time the stage design changes, it's always got that name in it, and I don't ever want that to change. You guys see this stage right there? It says, Jesus, that's what we're always going to be about, that Jesus is strong, I'm weak. Here's what I want you guys to know. We're stoked to be a part of Anchor Church, and there's a lot of good that goes on here, but Anchor Church can't change people's lives, save people's marriages, bring people healing and comfort in guilt or addictions. Only Jesus can do that. Our job as Anchor Church is to point people to Jesus. Jesus has got the strength. Jesus has got the power. And that's always what we're going to stand on. See, we don't have all the answers to life, but we know the one who does. And that's who we're going to be as a church. Um, let me read you this verse in Exodus 33. God spoke to me in this when... 
Moses was called by God to take all of the, the, the Israelites into the promised land. He goes, go into the land of Canaan. It's going to be awesome. And Moses comes back to God and he says this, wait, wait, hold up, God. If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably, favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets us, set, among us sets your people and me apart from all the people on earth. I'm talking about the anchor being strong. It's that we recognize that if God's not in it, then we're not going anywhere. If God doesn't have the power, then all we are is a group of people standing up here every week with a lot of, hey, it's a nice gathering, and let's just give uh, positive vibes and good thoughts to everybody. Positive vibes and good thoughts do not bring healing in anybody's life. Sorry. Positive vibes and good thoughts don't get you into heaven. Positive vibes and good thoughts do not fix anyone's marriage or any of that kind of stuff. It's only Jesus. So here's what Moses is saying. God, if you're not in it, we're not going because we know it's not going to work. We don't want to risk it on our own. Anchor Church, that's us. We're not going anywhere. We don't have power on our own, except that God gives us power through our lives, through the Holy Spirit, and it's his power alone that we seek. We need this anchor, don't we, guys? We need to be this anchor. See, there's, there's a family in our church here today that is grieving. Those of us that know, we're grieving, and I'm going to share about this really quick because only God has the power to fix and to heal and to comfort what what's happened this week. There's a family in our church that lost their son and their husband. And he's a member of this service. He, you probably saw him last week ushering you to your seats. And if you guys don't know, um, my friend Kyle Watson passed away this week and we have a picture of him. I want you to, to realize this is your usher here. And he was just married to Amber for about two months. 26 years old, going for his medical degree, active surfer, lifted weights, stayed in shape, and he died unexpectedly a few nights ago. This is where the word anger comes into play in a real way. I don't want anybody in here thinking, oh, they changed the name, this and that. You know what? This is something God said, you need to be this. You need to lean into this because people in this world are hurting. And the only thing that is able to get this new wife and parents and all the family and friends that, that loved Kyle through this is that we're anchored in Jesus, hands down. You talk to the family. I talk to other people that have been speaking with the family. It's only this fact that right now things look dark and gloomy and people are hurting right now. They lost someone they love dearly. But it's the anchor of Jesus Christ that is going to give us hope for a better tomorrow. It's the anchor that's going to see us through and it's the power of God that is strong enough to help us get through this really rough time. See, the anchor is so amazing, and the hope that we have to look forward to is that Kyle was anchored to Jesus as well, and that we know where he is, and we know that he's rejoicing right now, and we have an actual future hope of glory that this is going to be a family reunion someday. But it's the anchor of Jesus Christ that holds us strong when words can't do it, when quoting Romans 8, 28, you know, just sometimes we do that. We don't mean to, but we just, it's shallow in comparison to the strength of our anchor. And that's who God says, you're going to be that church. You need to anchor people who are hurting like that into their lives. Would you guys bow with me right now, just as we pray over the Watson family and just all of us that know it was, it was a loss this week. Let's just pray. God, we hold on to you right now as our anchor, Lord, and I know 
that Zane and Linda are. I know that Amber is, Lord. I know that all the, the extended family and the friends of Kyle, Lord, that they have you. Praise God. Lord, we know that Kyle has you now in a very personal way, and he's rejoicing in heaven, and you're so blessed and happy to see him, to have him. But God, it's so hard because we don't really understand the whole life and death thing, and it hurts us, and we miss him, and it's tough. But God, we do hold on to Jesus Christ as the anchor for our souls that anchors us to Kyle in a big and eternal way and anchors us to you. So God, I pray right now for this family, Lord, that you alone could bring comfort. You alone have the power to carry them through these days when they just don't feel like they can do it on their own. Lord, I pray that you continue to surround them with people that are anchored, people that would speak into their life and encourage them, pray for them, and just keep pushing them towards you. Lord, that's the only answer. I pray that you would just bless this family, bless all of us as we grieve, but that we can also know that you're in control, you're still a good God, and we will see our loved ones that are in you. We'll see them again someday. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Well, I don't mean to get all deep and heavy on you guys, but that's the reality of the world we live in. And that's the reality of the church that God has called us to be. And this new anchor name, man, I'm excited. It's fun, it's good, but let's never lose sight of the fact that it's Jesus who's our strong and simple anchor. I wanna pray right now, and I just ask you guys to bow your heads with me. We got a few more things to do in the service, but I want you to just join me in this prayer. God, we pray for you, Lord, to continue to be our anchor. We thank you for the new birthing of a new name and a new identity and a new calling. Lord, not that the old one was bad, but Lord, you just want us to be different and you're calling us into something unique. And Lord, I like where you're leading us with the word and with those words of simple and strong because that's you, Jesus. That's who you are to me and to everyone in this room. Lord, I pray that you would empower and enable us to go out there into to our friends' lives and into our homes and to our workplaces and into schools. Lord, and that we'd be able to introduce people to the anchor for their souls because people are hurting and they need some help out there. Lord, help us to, to boldly and proudly bear that new name and that new symbolism. And I want to pray right now, too, for anybody in this room right now that, that you need an anchor in your life, that you're going through stuff, you've been through stuff, you're tired of living this life on your own strength, and it's actually refreshing to know that there is a, someone that is simple and strong that can carry you and do a better job of directing your life than you can, and his name is Jesus. And the only thing that's separating you and him right now is just a decision of your heart, is that, that you have yet to make an agreement and a partnership and a relationship with him. But I want to offer you that opportunity right here and right now, this morning, that if you're someone in life right now that's going, man, I need to know that Jesus. I need something in my life. I'm tired of all of this. I can't carry the weight on my own. I didn't know that it was simple. I always thought God was complicated and, and religious and holy, but what you're telling me is he just wants to know me. And that if I know him, then things are going to start coming together in my life. I need that. If that's you right here and right now, I want to say a prayer with you, doing business with God, bringing into you into a right relationship with him for eternity, where he can be the anchor of your soul. And if that's a prayer that you'd like to pray right now to really become a Christian and follow Jesus, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to say a prayer out loud. I'm not going to ask you to pray out loud. I'm going to ask you to pray in your heart, under your breath, to a God that hears. He hears all prayers, and he'll bless you. He'll meet you right there. So if you'd like to say that prayer to say yes to Jesus this morning, I want you to do one thing, and that's just to let me know. Everyone's eyes are closed and their heads are bowed. But on the count of three, I'm going to ask if you want to make this the prayer of your heart.
to become a Christian today, to follow Jesus, and pray this prayer with me. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three, and then we'll go ahead and pray together. So if there's anybody here today, here we go. One, two, three. Would you just lift your hand and hold it up? Because I want to see you. I want to count you. Good. I see some people. I see one person here, two, three, four. Keep your hands up, please. I see someone back there, five. Someone here, six. Someone here, seven, eight. Thank you, Father God, for all of those hands. Nine, someone over there. Thank you, Father God. Ten, I got that one. Thank you, Lord. About ten people. Go ahead and put your hands down. And I want you just to, to pray this prayer with me under your breath, but I'll pray it out loud. I'll lead you in it. God, I'm here today. Bottom line, I need you. Lord, from what I hear, you're simple and you're easy. So God, I don't really have a lot of words. I don't have a, a lot of knowledge, but I understand my need for you. So God, I'm just saying right now that that would you look at me and would you forgive me? I believe, Lord, that if I know that you are Jesus and you have power and that you came to this earth to die on that cross to take the place of all my sin and separation from you, Lord, that if I believe in that and then I also believe you rose again on the third day to prove that you have power over death and sin and shame and all of that heartache in my life, Lord, if I believe that and I receive that gift of salvation right now, Lord, then I'm truly saved. And Lord, I'm telling you right now, I do believe I receive it from this moment on. I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to live out my faith. Lord, would you come in and support me with your Holy Spirit? I need all the strength I can get to do right in this life and have a, a fixed life. Lord, thank you for forgiving me, for not judging me, for letting me come as I am and you just love on me and this church will love on me. Lord, help me to get a Bible to start reading it. Lord, teach me how to just pray and call out to you and to listen for you to speak to me in my life. Lord, I, I promise to get water baptized as a symbol of dying to my old self and being born a new creation right here and right now. Lord, all of what you have for me, my answer is yes. Thank you for being my God my Savior, my friend, and my anchor, starting here, starting now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we praise God for those people right now that pray that with us? Yeah. Amen. Woo.